Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. Here's part two of our two-part series of why some birth mothers choose CPS or DCS over adoption. There are things that agencies and attorneys can do to try to prevent the element of surprise, to get a deeper understanding of where the birth mother is, to make sure that the birth mother going into the hospital really understands the ramifications of what can happen if you choose DCS and you are not able to complete your reunification plan and you, and you fall short, like what, what really uh, lies out there? So if CPS uh, develops a reunification plan, uh, takes custody of the baby, whether they return the baby to, or whether they place the baby, I'm sorry, with a family member or a friend or in foster care or what have you, some of the elements and again it would absolutely depend on what the reasons for removal were but these are some of the uh components that may exist on a a plan to get her baby back as she would say so random drug screening random home visits so they will show up at the birth mother's home and see how she's living if she has you know electricity on and water and make sure that she has the appropriate and safe setting uh, for a baby if she completes the parenting classes that they will be uh, ordering her to take if she is actively using uh, they may mandate some type of drug treatment services they also will require uh, supervised uh, visits with the baby. A lot of times those are done at their facility and there is a monitor overseeing them. Sometimes they require that they are employed. Again, it just depends on the reasons for bringing the child into care. So depending on how this is presented, this can seem very doable. Uh And and sometimes it is. Other times... Not so much. Not so much. I mean... If you, if you look at a birth mother who has chosen adoption and for the last seven months of her pregnancy has been residing in a housing location provided by the agency or attorney 
whose food has been provided by the agency or attorney. So all of her funding is being provided through her adoption plan. She's been using substances nonstop. She has done nothing during the day other than sleep, watch TV, and use uh, drugs and hang out with her friends. This is a lot. Making every appointment, every parenting class, every drug screen, because you have to get to these places. They don't come to you. Right. When you're holding your beautiful baby and they're telling you what you have to do in that moment, that can be really difficult. Uh And that's why um, when I say seasoned versus unseasoned, um, you know, some of the the seasoned uh, CPS workers will say, this isn't going to be easy. And this is really what this is going to look like. A little bit more realistic in what it looks like than say a younger, more bright eyed, new worker in this, in this situation. Sure. Right. Who, who in all fairness just got out of school, you know, and wants to uh, save the world and make everybody happy. And, Uh uh, you know, when you're a DCS worker, you're often not the fan favorite. And sometimes that can be a little hard to, to deal with. Right. As we move through this podcast, I want to, I want to explain it again a lot of this is what we've seen. We don't work for uh, DCS or CPS. We are not uh, an extension of their entity by any means. We are trying to describe and explain how it can impact adoption. Moving forward, if a, if a birth mother chooses the DCS route and she does not comply with the guidelines or plan that CPS has outlined for her, then they at that point can move towards permanent removal and the baby will go for adoption. Okay. At that point, adoptions through the state are closed, which means there's not letters and pictures. There's not visitation. If the baby is not being adopted by a family member, the birth mother would not have a choice as to whom adopts her baby. So this is where adoption is really, really beneficial to a birth mother over DCS because they can be a part of the child's life. They can watch the child grow up. They can get letters and pictures. They can, the child can know who they are. When there is a permanent uh, removal at that point, it's done until the child's 18. Right. And they lose all that power that adoption affords them, that power of choice that they can, you know, look at these books and go, wait, this is the family that I want my child to be raised in. They, they lose that completely. Correct. What is really nice about CPS, at least in the state of Arizona, is they have a lot outlined on the website, how the process works, what mm-hmm. the flow chart looks like. And as I was reading this to, to help prepare for today's podcast, what I found was really interesting was when they are describing the permanency planning they state right on their website, if reunification services are unsuccessful and a child is not returned home within 12 months, other permanency options are considered. For children under the age of three, permanency options are considered within six months of removal. And really? so you do not have an open-ended timeline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have heard uh, stories of situations where, you know, a parent showed up late to court and they had not met their outcomes, you know, they, the goals of their plan. Thank you. The Uh goals of their plan. And they were late and the judge was done. Said, nope, we're done. And terminated their rights. And uh, the baby uh, was adopted. 
by somebody else. And so this is where it is really important for a birth mother to understand that CPS is regulated by the juvenile court. They oversee and make the final decisions. All CPS does is make recommendations. The court has final jurisdiction. Again, understanding that uh, with regards to you know, birth mothers and their choices, if you can put yourself for a moment in, in a birth mother's shoes and you've had an adoption plan and you really love the adoptive family and this is your first baby and the baby is placed in your arms and you're looking at this beautiful creature that you have created and you're thinking, wow, adoption is really difficult and your hormones are racing and all these thoughts are running through your head and you've been prepared, as prepared as you possibly could. And you know in the back of your head that, yes, you tested positive, but you hadn't used for a couple days. And so you weren't really worried about it. And then DCS walks through the door and says, well, now the baby, you know, is not going home with you. And we're either taking the baby into our care and custody or the baby is going to, uh, you need to follow through on your adoption plan. Yes, there is an immediate loss of control. Mm-hmm. Because now this is not a birth mother willingly choosing oh, I'm doing an adoption. This is my choice. This is my choice. It is still her choice, but now the pressure's on because she's got to choose CPS or she's got to choose her adoption plan. Like it's no longer this independent decision, which it still is in some aspects, but at the same time, it's been, part of it has been removed. Right. She's starting to gradually lose that power just a little bit at a time, right? Incrementally. Correct. Okay. So when you're looking at this, because I've, I've been in the field for so long, I will say, you know, why would a birth mother choose to place her baby in the care and custody of CBS when she can choose adoption? The positives are, are this, you know, the permanency of adoption versus the possibility of having your baby returned to you through CBS. So again, permanency, another reason that she would choose adoption would be be because of the ability to have the openness of the adoption and because the family the baby's residing with, it was her choice. She's gotten to know them. She's gotten to to be a part of their lives for a little bit, even if it's just through Skype or or, uh, FaceTime, or maybe they came out for a visit. She will always know where her child is. She will always have that ability to have that connection. She doesn't have to be under the scrutiny of the juvenile court system and be monitored. And, you know, they don't just go away after you complete your plan. They're still in your life. They're still monitoring you, still making sure baby's safe. And she would also have the adoption aftercare services. And she gets to walk away knowing that she did an amazing thing and she is a hero. Also, if she has placed through adoption before and she's placing with the same family, that's an added bonus. I, I think that the reason that ultimately some birth mothers choose DCS over adoption is that adoption is, is final. There's, there's no chance of having your baby returned to you. And even though you've been explained this over and over and over again, throughout your adoption journey, sometimes the reality is really hard to accept. Right. And you know, we keep going back to the sunny disposition of the social worker who's saying, 
you know, okay, you can work hard at this and, and be reunified with your child. It makes me think of the line from uh, Dumb and Dumber when he says to the girl, you know, is there a chance that, you know, you could fall in love with me? And she says, like, one in a billion or something. And he says, so there's a chance. And that's kind of what this makes me think of. That's a very good analogy, because unfortunately, from what I've seen, the chances of successful reunification are not very high. Mm-hmm. Don't see a lot of happy endings. And so I, I think that that unfortunately, I wouldn't say one in a billion, of course, but I would say that, uh, that yeah, that they are slim. As, unfortunately, that's yeah. what we've seen anyway. Okay. Um, another reason that a birth mother may choose DCS would be that the family uh, that she has chosen is out of state and she wants the baby in state, which I've explained to birth moms for years and years, just because you choose a family that is outside the state of Arizona, it doesn't mean they're not going to move into the state. Just like if you choose a family in the state of Arizona, that doesn't mean that they're not going to move out of the state. And we have in our agency, we have both in-state families and out-of-state families. But again, there's no guarantee that a family is going to remain in the same exact place that they started from. Right. You're talking, you know, for the next 18 years, how yeah, do you absolutely. predict that? Right. Right. I mean, when during my first 18 years, um, I believe we moved five times. Wow. So, to di- you know, different states. And that's just the same that, you know, if CPS removes the baby and places a baby with a foster family and it's a foster to adopt situation, Who's to say that they wouldn't buy the state, but you wouldn't know it anyway because it's a closed adoption. Right. Hmm. That brings us to what can be done to try to avoid the DCS intervention from discouraging, disrupting, or influencing negatively the adoption plan. Uh So I think this is where you move to a preemptive approach. So encourage a conversation with the adoption case manager, the DCS worker, and the birth mother if she has an open case with other children to discuss her adoption plan on the front end, because even though a a DCS or CPS worker, however you want to call them, again, I'm going back and forth with the terminology, but even if they show up because they have to, if there's already an adoption plan in place, having a DCS worker walk in and say, Hey, I know you're doing your adoption plan. I'm just coming by to check on you make sure everything's good is very different from I'm coming in to talk to you because we're going to be taking custody of your baby and you're going to be given that, you know, and, and so it's right. a very different approach. If a adoption case manager or an adoption attorney takes the time and has conversations with the birth mother, there is a possibility that a DCS worker may be called out depending on what the hospital determines. And if they do, this is what it will look like. These are the choices you may or may not be given and if so, what does that look like to you? Like, what is your plan? And, and really walk down different roads with her and really process that. If a birth mother has worked with CPS prior or has other children in custody, or maybe she's had her rights terminated before, you can discuss with her, you know, again, why are you choosing an adoption plan this time? What was your experience like with DCS before? And in all reality, would you think that you would be successful in a reunification plan when for the last seven months you've done nothing better to further your living situation or your education or this whole time when, you know, you could have dove in and really made a better life for yourself 
That's not what we're seeing. Right. When DCS comes out, they may or may not to the hospital, they may or may not have knowledge that there is an adoption plan. Again, they have to do their due diligence. They have a protocol that they have to follow. They have to make sure that the baby is going to be safe. That is their goal. And they have to confirm with the agency, with the hospital social worker, where the baby is going. They have to, like I said, they have to document everything and make sure that there is a plan in place. One question that I have been asked prior is, can CPS place with the adoptive family that was matched with the birth mother if she chooses to work with CBS to try to get her baby back. I've seen this happen, I believe twice. And it was with Arizona in-state families. Uh Um, And at this point, it's no longer really an agency adoption. It's you're working with the state entity because it's more of a fostering placement type situation where the birth mother is still working towards reunifying with the baby and getting the baby back. And the adoptive family is basically housing and parenting the baby on the chance that the birth mother will be unsuccessful. So you've seen this twice through your years of doing this. Now, either of those times, did the birth mother reunify with the child? No. Okay. But again, it could, you know, it could happen Mm -hmm. on the third time I see this. Right. Certainly. (laughs) Certainly. So no, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it, I, it was unsuccessful. One thing that I think is really important to note is, again, that preemptively having those discussions, making sure a birth mother understands what everything looks like, what it is like to work with the state, to have the state in your life. You know, birth mothers have told me over and over again who have worked with uh, CPS with prior uh, children that they've had, they don't want to do it again. They don't want, they feel like it's an invasion of privacy, that they have to, you know, jump when they say jump, they have to, you know, be there at a certain time, they can't be late, they have to drop everything they're doing sometimes and go do a drug test and they don't want to do that. And sometimes uh, they don't want to go to the parenting classes or they maybe miss one or two and then their caseworker wants them to start over again and they don't want any part of that. And so I have those work, those birth moms that come in and those, those are very um, adamant about not ever working with, with CPS again. I also have birth mothers that come in that were themselves in the state custody and they don't want their child in the state custody. They don't want to, their child to be a ward of the state through CPS like they were. Right. And so they would, you know, state over and over would not choose to work with the state. Uh, I've had some very, you know, just heartbreaking situations where birth mothers have come to us very young, um, just over the age of 18 and worked the plan. They, they aged out of the system and uh, were never adopted. So they were in the foster system and never adopted. And when they, they turned 18, they said that they were, you know, on their own and, they were living the street life because they had nobody or anywhere to turn to. Right. And they and don't so, want their child following that cycle. No, they want for their child that beautiful, wonderful adoptive family that they themselves had dreamed of for themselves. Yeah. And again, this is hard. 
processing an unplanned pregnancy and all the variables that come into play. And you can only explain to an adoptive family or birth mother so many times what the possibilities are and how things can, can happen and occur where eventually you just sometimes have to let things play out and have to, to trust the process and, and believe in, in what you're doing, but it's hard. There's, there's no doubt it's hard. I can say that a lot of the women that, that we've worked with have not been successful in reunification when they've chosen reunification. And, you know, that's hard to hear too, because if a birth mother chooses to parent, we want to celebrate that. But choosing to have your child go with CPS and then not being successful in your adoption reunification plan and the baby being adopted by a family that they have no knowledge of and didn't get to choose and now have a closed adoption mm-hmm. is is not what they had wanted. So that's hard. That's really hard. Like I said, not just for the adoptive family, but it's hard for the birth mother and it's hard for the adoption agency or attorney that's working with her. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. If you're listening and you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, Building Arizona Families is a local Arizona adoption agency and available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just get you more information. You can also find out more information about Building Arizona families on their website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thanks also go out to Grapes for allowing us to use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to us. We'd really appreciate it. We also now have a website at birthmothermatterspodcast.com. Tune in next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines.